0: What's up, everybody? On today's show, we're going to go around the conference as Nick Saban shares his thoughts on the state of college football. And ESPN ranked the top 75 college quarterbacks since 2000. We'll run through all the SEC guys who made the list and the absurd choice for number one in the rankings. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. Use our promo code Locked On College. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, and shout out to our everydayers. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Peter Makes the handle. What a catch! Around the conference, and we start over at Alabama as Nick Saban, and of course, all the other head coaches from the SEC will be over in Destin next week for the start of SEC spring meetings. We're assuming we will finally find out what's going to happen with the future of SEC football scheduling and all that. But Nick Saban kind of uh, catching up with reporters on Tuesday at his annual charity golf tournament and was asked on some of the big topics on the big picture state of college football. Saban said, look, there's a lot of parameters and a lot of things changing, like the transfer portal, NIL, all that stuff. But he reiterated, look, we got to be careful about things like, Pay-for-play said it can create a competitive disadvantage or an advantage for certain schools. It's not the same for everybody, which is one thing we've learned throughout college football. We're still trying to emphasize the fact that you go to college to create value for your future and developing as a person and a student, developing a career off the field, developing a career on the field, all those things and what's most valuable for your future. And those are the things we try to emphasize in our program, again, The pay-for-play thing, I don't know what's going to happen there. If some big-money booster wants to pay a five-star recruit to come play for their school and the kid never pans out, they get no return on investment, I don't know how you stop that. But uh, obviously Nick Saban's not a big fan of that. And What caused his big tiff, uh, public tiff, with uh, Jimbo Fisher just a year ago last summer? Let's hope we get more of that kind of uh, exchange coming out of the SEC uh, spring meetings coming up next week. Uh, Sabin also asked about his five quarterbacks on his roster. He said Alabama uh, will have to be well organized in how they distribute reps. I mean, getting all these guys, you know, reps going into the summer, like, there's not enough footballs to go around with that many guys. But uh, he did say that uh, he hopes the competition will make everyone better. That was the whole reason why they brought in Tyler Buckner. And speaking of Tyler Buckner, Greg McElroy, he was on ESPN yesterday joining Ma- Matthew Berry. They were marking the 100-day milestone before Florida takes on Utah. And Greg McElroy talked about four new quarterbacks in the SEC that he thinks can be difference makers this year. He was asked about the Florida position, and he said Graham Mertz, he thinks, will end up being the starter there with for the Florida Gators. He talked about uh, Tyler Buckner at Alabama, Carson Beck at Georgia, and Joe Milton at Tennessee. And first and foremost on Graham Mertz at Florida, he said that Florida's coaching staff took the best available quarterback in Graham Mertz. He said he's got a lot of ability, just needed a fresh start. And Florida's going to be a run-first team this year. We know how talented their backfield is. They've upgraded on that offensive line. And Greg McElroy said he believes Graham Mertz can blossom and live up to that talent and potential he showed a couple of years ago at Wisconsin, so we will uh, see what happens there with the Florida Gators. Look, win loss total could be very incumbent on how good Graham Mertz is. For Tyler Buckner at Alabama, McElroy said, look, he's missed time. He missed time in high school due to the pandemic. He missed time at Notre Dame due to injuries. He said, Buckner needs to simply be a game manager who takes care of the ball and avoids turnovers. I still don't think Tyler Buckner is going to be the starter at Alabama. I don't know. We'll see. I still think it's either Milrow or Simpson. This thing will play out over the summer. Over at Georgia, McRoy said Carson Beck. He's been the rare, highly rated quarterback recruit to sit and wait his turn and not hit the transfer portal. He said there was one reason for that because he saw the light at the end of the tunnel. It's a great pocket passer. Won't be as mobile as Stetson Bennett was, but a bigger arm. And um, look, my personal opinion, I think Carson Beck's in line if, as long as he has a really good year. I think he's right there in the Heisman mix. So, again, keep encouraging you. If you can get some future Heisman bets on Carson Beck, go do it. And lastly, Joe Milton at Tennessee McElroy said, just go watch the film of the Orange Bowl if you don't believe in him. And, of course, he said now he understands how to control his big arm. That was the big problem with Joe Milton was touch. Got to coach the touch on the ball, the overthrowing guys. We know you've got a big arm. We know you've got a cannon back there, but – it put a little touch on the ball. I'll never forget some of those games last year, uh, early in the year, where he was playing mop-up duty, you know, guys wide open, and just sailing it over their heads. Just take a little something off of Joe Milton. It looked like he did, you know, in those couple games he got in there on the back end of the season with Hendon Hooker out. So let's see what happens with Joe Milton and uh, at Tennessee this year. In other... SEC News, another Georgia football player. Man, what is going on with uh, the arrests uh, the past few months with Georgia players? Uh, Marcus Saint uh, jack Saint was arrested Tuesday and charged with reckless driving and speeding, both misdemeanors in Georgia. He was released less than an hour after posting a pair of bonds worth $2,000. It's the fourth speeding-related arrest or incident involving a Georgia football player in recent months, including... Of course, the tragic events that took the lives of Devin Willock and their staff for uh, Chandler Lacroix, but Roseme Jackson is entering his third season in Athens, likely to see, um, you know, a bigger role this year. He had 29 catches for 337 yards and a couple touchdowns last year. Started started eight games for the Bulldogs, and look, when he could stay healthy, he is a uh, he's a big time receiver for Georgia. So we'll keep an eye on that. All right, in other news, in recruiting news, Florida, they're going to host one of Miami's big recruits uh, next month for an official visit. Four-star receiver Chance Robinson announced Monday he's going to visit Gainesville the weekend of June 9th. He's been committed to Miami since last month, currently ranks as the number 151 overall player, the number 22 wide receiver in the country. And uh, Florida currently with eight commitments in the class of 2024. They're going to try to steal him away from Miami. We'll see. If they are able to do that. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, they added a piece to their 2024 recruiting class: three-star offensive tackle Marcus Harrison. He's six foot eight, big kid, and uh, big addition for the depth there on Georgia's offensive line. Uh, he's currently ranked as the number 48 offensive tackle in the country, and a three-star from the state of New York. I kind of think. Now that he's committed to Georgia, some of the services may start bumping him up a little bit. Uh, Georgia now has 15 commitments for their class of 2024. Currently ranked number one nationally on the 24-7 Sports Composite. And one more recruiting nugget, South Carolina, their uh, commit three-star offensive lineman Mike Williams announced Tuesday he is decommitting. He's been committed to South Carolina for a couple weeks, rated the number 104 offensive tackle in the country. And uh, we'll see where he ends up. But decommitted from South Carolina. We'll see if that uh, holds true and he stays decommitted. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Coming up next, we're going to run through that list of the uh, best quarterbacks in college football, the top 75 quarterbacks since 2000. Man, I got some problems with the list. We're going to get to that in just a second. But thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Wanna remind you that this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. We've been telling you about bird dogs for a little bit. And look, the best thing about bird dogs is if you're a guy like me, the shorts, the fit, they are tremendous. You look better, and you feel great when you wear bird dogs. They're comfortable, they're stretchy fabric, makes you look great, they're comfier than you know other shorts or pants. They're versatile. You can wear them anywhere. You can wear them on the golf course, wear them on a date, wear them hanging out with friends to a meeting, whatever. You will look good and you will feel good. And, again, that is through bird dogs. Of course, uh, Bert Kreischer, he wears bird dogs. Dave Portnoy, uh, college football nerds, all of them are wearing bird dogs. And, of course, they look great and feel comfortable. That is the most important thing. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked On College. And use our promo code Locked On College. They're even going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. That again is birddogs.com slash locked on college. And use our promo code Locked On College. That will get you that free Yeti style tumbler and perfect time for the summer. Get you sh- some shorts, get you that free tumbler at birddogs.com. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. All right, we got to dive right into this because, look, Bill Connolly over at ESPN he does he does a really good job overall. Um, You can get really deep into the weeds when you start getting into the SP Plus and all the advanced metrics in college football and. Sometimes you got to use the old good, old, good old fashioned eyeballs when you watch college sports and quarterbacks and talent and all that. I'm a little old school that way. I respect a lot of the numbers. I think there is a lot of value in a lot of the advanced stuff. Um, but Bill Connolly made a daunting task here. He had uh, a f- few uh, months back, he had ranked, I think it was like the top 50 or 60 quarterbacks in college football since 2000. He expanded that to now a list of 75. So we're going to run through the SEC guys who made this list. I think I counted. It's about 17 SEC quarterbacks. I left off the guys like the Mizzou quarterbacks pre-SEC. You know, like we didn't include Chase Daniel and those kind of guys because, again, they didn't play in the SEC. But we'll run through some of these names, and I'll let you know what what I think about it. When we get to the top ten, that's where the biggest discrepancies are. But let's run through some of the, the list here. And we'll start with number seventy-two, Dak Prescott uh, from Mississippi State. Uh, he lists a perfect quarterback prototype for that Dan Mullen offense. He went from tantalizing dual threat as a sophomore to an all-around star as a senior. Look, my opinion, Dak Prescott. If you watched him, what he meant for Mississippi State from twenty twelve to twenty fifteen, like way more than number seventy-two. Uh, I feel just on the surface, this feels really low for. Uh, Dak Prescott, but, again, it is what it is. Uh, Moving on to number 69, David Green from Georgia. For those of you old enough to remember, um, you know, going back 20 years, David Green was phenomenal. I mean, he was the starter for Mark Rick uh, his first handful of years in Athens, and he put up big, big numbers. Finished his career uh, with a then record of 42 wins. It broke Peyton Manning's SEC win record. Threw for over 11,000 yards, 72 touchdowns. Uh, David Green was was really, really good, and he got Mark Rick's tenure in the SEC started off on the right foot and uh, you know, went toe-to-toe with some of those LSU Nick Saban teams and um, beat the snot out of them in 2004, if memory serves correct. But uh, David Green, 69, that's probably a good ranking for him there. Coming in two spots ahead of him at number 67, A.J. McCarron, a guy who threw for 9,000 yards, 77 touchdowns, uh, Bill Connolly writes: We think of early 2010s Bama quarterbacks as game managers, but McCarron showed serious upside when called upon. His last four games of that 2012 title run, he threw for over 700 yards, 10 touchdowns, and one pick. He could have produced even bigger numbers if asked to do so, but the dominant run game—the run game was so dominant—he didn't need to do that. But uh, AJ McCarron coming in at number 67. Remember, this is all the quarterbacks in college football since the year 2000. So there's a lot of guys in this mix. Coming at number 48, and keep in mind, we're what they're taking into account here is the full career. So later in this conversation, we're going to get to guys who played just one year in the SEC and had phenomenal years, and then we have guys who played three, four years, right? So it's a little hard to, to take all that into um, consideration. But at number 48, they've got Kyle Trask. I don't know. If I was ranking quarterbacks and what they did in the SEC, I probably would have had A.J. McCarron slightly ahead of Kyle Trask. That's just me. Uh, But Trask threw for over 7,300 passing yards, 69 touchdowns. Trask was already a junior when he got called upon to uh, start for Felipe Franks. And like we said, threw for more than 7,000 yards over his next 22 games and played very well. Had had Florida right there in the mix under Dan Mullen, executed the offense very well. And now he's in the NFL. He's going to get a chance to battle Baker Mayfield for the starting Tampa Bay Bucks job with Tom Brady gone. Um, I liked Kyle Trask a lot. I thought he was, you know, maybe underrated at times, but the top 50. Would I would I put him in the top 50 quarterbacks the last 23 years in all of college football? It feels like a little bit of a stretch. But I like Trask. We won't hate too much on the right. Key. Coming in one spot ahead of him at, at 47, it's Ole Miss fans' beloved Eli Manning. Of course, threw for over 10,000 yards, 81 touchdowns. Connolly writes, before winning two Super Bowl titles, Manning nearly accomplished something even more rare and impressive in college. He came within basically one completion or so of beating Nick Saban and earning Ole Miss an SEC West title in 2003. He didn't. He tripped. Fell down. Um, but Eli Manning, that feels a little low just for the legacy he left behind at Ole Miss and what he was able to accomplish there. But um, number 47 on the all-time quarterback rankings since the year 2000. Coming in at number 43, it's Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray. 13,000 passing yards, 121 passing touchdowns. This one's a little bit more like longevity, right? From 2010 to 2013, uh, Murray resurrected the Mark Richter era in Athens, leading the dogs to within seconds of a BCS title game in 2012, and not only finishing with the most passing yards in the history of the SEC, but finishing nearly 1,000 yards ahead of second place Drew Locke and nearly 2,000 yards ahead of third place David Green. Um, Yeah, 43 for Aaron Murray. Initially, it seemed high, but remember what he did at that time. I mean, he was, again, breaking SEC records and, uh, you know, he was very, very productive. So, probably a good spot for Aaron Murray there at number 43. We got a couple more here before we get into the top 25. Mac Jones comes in at number 38. Now, remember, Mac had the, the one really big year uh, as the starter at Alabama. He waited his time, sat behind uh, Tua and, and everybody else, and led you know what's arguably maybe one of the best Bama teams of all time the 13 0 record uh, in 2020. 41 touchdowns to four interceptions, an incredible season for Mac Jones and led him to a national championship. And, um, yeah, I, Mac Jones at 38. Again, it's, t- it's a tough call because we're just basically using that one-year sample size, but it was a pretty phenomenal year by Mac Jones, so probably good ranking there. Uh, I feel weird saying this one spot right ahead of him. It's Stetson Bennett at 37. Connolly says he won the starting job in 2020 and 2021 only because others got injured, but damned if he didn't make the most of his opportunities. Produced the second-best total QBR last season. Completed 67% of his passes. Won a pair of national titles. Not bad for a former walk-on. This still feels criminally low for Stetson Bennett. Again, not all the hoopla of a lot of some of these other guys. But 37th, the 37th-best quarterback, in all of college football since the year 2020, or or 2000, rather, uh, according to Bill Connolly. And one more in here before we get into the top 25. He's got Rex Grossman at 30th. He says his resume was almost a lot better. He lost the uh, 2001 Heisman vote to Eric Crouch by just 62 points, and Florida came up two points short of a BCS title bid the same year. He left a legacy as the last great Steve Spurrier quarterback, 9,100 passing yards, 77 touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns in his time with the Florida Gators. So Rex Grossman coming in at number 30th on this list. All right, When we return, we are going to jump into the quarterbacks from the SEC who rank in the top 25. Remember, this is Bill Connolly's uh, advanced metric quarterbacks, best quarterbacks in college football since the year 2000. We're going to gripe about that who he has at number one when we get there. But that's coming your way in just a second. More Locked On SEC right after this. All right, roll along here. Locked On SEC. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Reminder to you, check out the show tomorrow. we got more transfer portal news and other SEC football stuff coming your way. We'll also start to uh, preview, take a little look ahead to next week with some of the SEC meetings in Destin and what we think is going to come out of that. But let's jump back into this uh, discussing Bill Connolly's ranking of the top 75 quarterbacks in all college football since the year 2000. And next on his list, coming at number 25, he's got Jalen Hurts. Now, Hurts is a little tough one here because it's Alabama combined with Oklahoma. Uh, He writes, Hertz was a starter for three years, averaged 2,900 yards, over 1,000 rushing yards per season, and led uh, three different college football playoff bids. As a backup to two in 2018, he helped to save a college football playoff bid as well. He was the SEC's Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman and a Heisman runner-up as a senior at Oklahoma. What a career for Jalen Hurts. I'm fine with that ranking. You want to put Jalen Hurts number 25, that is a good spot for him. Coming at number 21, it's Tua Tagovailoa. 7,400 passing yards, 87 touchdowns. Connolly writes, The first time we saw the five-star recruit taking meaningful snaps as a freshman, he saved the Crimson Tide in the national title game. He then posted the best passer rating ever in 2018 and was on pace to top it when he lost uh, was lost to injury the next year. His resume is incomplete. Well, was pretty remarkable. So, Tua comes in at number 21. Coming to number 19, Bryce Young, guy who just won the uh, Heisman two years ago, just went number one overall in the NFL draft. 8,300 passing yards, 80 touchdown passes. He says he entered college as the top quarterback prospect in the country, managed to live up to the hype and the pressure of being Alabama's QB1. For 47 touchdowns, won the Heisman as a first-year starter, beat 10 ranked opponents in two years and only a pair of second. Last-second road losses prevented him from making back-to-back college football playoff appearances. Again, maybe feels a little low for Bryce Young, but we'll continue on. Coming to number, nine, uh, number 13, a guy who dazzled the nation, known by a simple phrase of John Football. Johnny Manziel comes in at number 13, and Connolly writes, Texas A&M won 20 games in the Johnny Football era, beat Alabama, Immediately put to rest any silly, yeah, but can that Big 12 offense work in the SEC with the Aggies coming into the league? But that alone doesn't describe just how much one player could dominate the sport's consciousness over multiple seasons. You couldn't take your eyes off of him because you really, really needed to see what Johnny Manziel was going to do next. Um, I agree. Menzel to me, was definitely a top 20 player in college football over the last, uh, or since the year 2000. Now we get into the top 10. And we'll pull up the uh, top ten list here on the video on YouTube if you're watching that. Number seven, they have Kyler Murray here. The only reason I mention him is because he did start his career at Texas A&M before going to Oklahoma. 5,400 passing yards. He was a first-round pick in baseball, but decided to play college football one last season. And, you know, was a successor to Baker Mayfield. Lincoln Riley had all that great success, turned himself into a first-rounder in in football. Didn't do a whole lot at A&M, but... We mention him here just because that's where he started his uh, college football career. Now we get into the top five. And this is where there's some really good ones and there's some that I don't agree with. Uh, Joe Burrow comes in at number five. Connolly says, after a decent first season as LSU starter, Burrow simply unleashed the best passing season we've ever seen in college football. Third for 5,600 yards, 60 touchdowns produced almost as many rushing touchdowns as interceptions, and led LSU, who had gone eight years without a top-five finish, to a perfect 15-0 record in the national title. His 2019 was good enough to stand up to Cam Newton's 2010, and there was no greater compliment than that. So, Joe Burrow coming in at number five. Number four, Tim Tebow. He says, in 2006, Tebow served as a short yardage back and a scary red zone passing option as Florida won a national title. In 07... He had 4,100 combined rushing and passing yards, won the Heisman. 2008, he gave an immortal speech and led the Gators to a 13-1 record and another national cha- championship. And then 09, he led the Gators to a 13-1 record, finished in the Heisman top five for a third straight year. It's almost impossible to put together a career more complete than that. I would agree. It almost feels like this is low for Tim Tebow at four. What a fantastic career. Um... We'll just give you the whole top five. Joe Burrow was five, Tim Tebow, four, Vince Young from Texas was three. Of course, we'll always remember that historic national championship game win over USC. Coming in, at number two, Cam Newton. Connolly says, Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest single season supernova the sport has ever seen. After two years of backing up Tebow at Florida, Newton won a Juco national title at Blinn, then landed at Auburn and almost single handedly carried the Tigers to their first AP national title since 1957. His supporting cast was good but not nearly the caliber of Vince Young or Tebow's. He was simultaneously the best running back and quarterback in the sport, and then he was gone. Off to the NFL, where he won an MVP, There for over 3,100 passing yards and a Super Bowl appearance. Cam Newton at two. Hard to disagree with his incredible year he had. Again, this is hard to do because we're taking into account full four-year careers next to a guy who had one super, absolutely magnificent season At Auburn. But here's my whole reason for doing this today, and the biggest gripe, and I think it's an absolute crime that Bill Connolly put Baker Mayfield number one among the best college football quarterbacks since 2000. Play from 2013 to 2017. Here's what he writes Cam Newton, Vince Young, and Joe Burrow had the best seasons, but Baker Mayfield had the best career. It began with him walking on at Texas Tech quickly winning the starting job and throwing for 400 yards in his debut. He lost his job to injury, then landed at Oklahoma. The Sooners had not won an outright conference title since 2010, but he led them to three in a row. With three top five finishes and two college football playoff bids, his storybook career ended with him throwing and rushing for 4,900 yards and 48 touchdowns, winning the Heisman, and bringing Oklahoma within an eyelash of the national title game. Here's my problem with that. They finished an eyelash with an eyelash within the national title game. Like, you lost to Georgia. You didn't get there. Um, that's my problem with this, is how do you say this guy had the greatest college football career in the last 23 years, and he didn't win one title? I mean, we can talk about winning the Big 12 three years, but great. You you won it in a down time of the Big 12, where all you had to do was beat Texas. Congrats. Yay. Yeah. Um, I think this is stupid. I, you know, the advanced metrics, you can argue these all, all all you want. Cam Newton, Vince Young, Tim Tebow, Joe Burrow, and even number six on this list, Deshaun Watson. I'd put all of them ahead of Baker Mayfield. Why? Deshaun Watson won a championship. What are we doing here? The rest of the top ten, Kyler Murray at seven, Lamar Jackson eight, Marcus Mariota nine, Robert Griffin tenth. Again, like RG R- 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 three, in my mind, that's where Baker Mayfield belongs, down there. Heisman winner, very good, very productive, but didn't win a title. That's the category he belongs in. So, that's my opinion. Agree with it, disagree with it. I just think it's, look, we're heading into the summer months, so this kind of stuff is fun to kick around. I just, as soon as I saw those rankings, I said, we got to dedicate a show to this. This is absolutely stupid. Baker Mayfield rated the best college football quarterback since 2000. What are we even doing? What are we even doing? Like, we put Mac Jones in this list. He had the one great year as a starter won a national title. Move him up. His one season was better than any season Baker Mayfield had. (laughs) Silly. All right. That is going to do it for us here on today's episode of Locked on SEC. Again, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. And shout out to our everydayers. Check us out tomorrow on the show. We'll be catching you up with all the latest news around the conference, more transfer portal news. And the like. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.